The presidential motorcade has just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. We are beginning to see the pushback on the Soros plan. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. We're starting to see the pushback of what Soros did. George Soros, who is a part of Open Society Foundation, who has been instrumental in implementing a basic socialist takeover of the United States through non-governmental organizations, through certain elections. In the beginning, he kind of wanted a top-down approach where he would go after the presidency, you know, back Obama or some of these other other candidates on the progressive left. Then he flipped the script and said, you know what, I'm doing this the wrong way. Let's be more effective by going after district attorneys, attorney general's races, um, governor's races mayoral races, right? So he was doing it from the bottom up and that was weaponizing federalism, which was very similar to what we did in coronavirus. If you remember following me on Twitter at rants out loud, I went on and on about the medical secession of States who have weaponized federalism to shut down the economy because federal government can't do it. You know, Trump at the time, he couldn't tell all the governors to shut down their their states, but the governors could. And that's what happened. And instead of being able to reopen and reinvigorate the economy back to normal in a quicker amount of time, a lot of those states held out for a long period of time, which set the landscape for what happened with the elections. You know, we don't have one presidential election. We have 50 state presidential elections happening on the same day. So they just went through and changed legislation through the courts in their states, allowing drop boxes. And so these swing states who sent their electors home on the night that they should have been counting, which is like telling Santa Claus, don't go on New Year's uh, Christmas Eve. Stay home on Christmas Eve. Tell your tax accountant, nah, take April 15th off. This is your one day to do something. And so... They weaponized federalism, and Soros has been understanding of how to do that, and he's done an effective job. Well, the pushback has come, and there's a variety of instances. Outside of the attorney general of San San Francisco's attorney general, um, who was recalled, I mean, uh, listen to this. A majority of Washingtonians support a new attorney general, one that will enforce current gun laws, and prosecute criminals for gun-related crimes. Unfortunately, we don't have right now, as Bob Ferguson, uh, much like the Attorney General in San Francisco and L.A., they got recalled. San Francisco's Attorney General, um, Chessa Baldwin, was recalled, which was insane because if you look at it, his the fact that he was there in the first place is insane because... His dad was a part of the Weather Underground. His dad was a part of the group that pipe-bombed the Pentagon back in the 70s or 80s. You know, nothing happened to them. There wasn't hearings and talks of insurrection, but we got that race down. So listen to this. 
A Loudoun County, Virginia judge removes Commonwealth's attorney's office from a criminal case, saying the office is deliberately misleading the court and the public. Legal experts tell me this has never happened before. So this hasn't happened before. And it it is a George Soros-funded prosecutor in Northern Virginia who is destroying the system. The Loudoun County judge ordered the removal of Soros prosecutor from the prosecution of a serious case of lying to the court. So here's the story from Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. A Loudoun County judge has removed the county's Commonwealth Attorney's Office from a criminal case, saying that the office has shown an inability to prosecute the case with professional standards and is deliberately misleading the court and public in an effort to sell a plea agreement. It's a move that some seasoned attorneys and uh, prosecutors say they have never seen in their career. The order was issued by Loudoun County Circuit Court Judge James Plowman, who was the the county's Commonwealth attorney prior to the election of Buddha Bibjar in 2020. According to the order obtained by Fox 5's uh, Lindsey Watts, Plowman says the Commonwealth's attorney's office sought a plea deal for a serial burglary suspect while downplaying and even omitting his prior criminal past and current charges in other jurisdictions. Kevin Enrique Valle was arrested on five warrants charging him with three misdemeanors of destruction of property and false identification and two uh, felonious uh, acts of burglary. Plowman writes that the plea agreement written by Deputy Commonwealth Attorney Michelle Burton states that the crimes occurred within hours of each other, not over the course of days or weeks. Plowman calls the assessment entirely inaccurate because the defendant is accused of a, quote, possible 12 burglary crime spree spanning four counties over 10 days. The order says the Loudoun offenses happened May 18, 2021, but that the suspect is also accused of three burglaries that same day in Fairfax County, in addition to two burglaries in Farquhar County and four burglaries in Prince William County on May 14th. The judge writes that Valet was also named as a participant in another Loudoun burglary on May 8th. Plowman criticizes the prosecution's assessment that Valet's lack of prior adult convictions and felony convictions saying that Valet just pled guilty to three felonies and had pending felony charges and had been convicted of charges that would have been felonies if he had been an adult at that time. Plowman calls it an overt misrepresentation by omission by the Commonwealth's Attorney's Office. He goes on to uh, excoriate the Commonwealth's Attorney's Office for its assessment of strengths and weaknesses of the case, writing, quote, the explanation highlights the lack of knowledge of the facts of the case or the ability to apply basic legal principles. Plowman ordered the Fickway uh, Commonwealth's Attorney's Office to prosecute the case, writing that the Bibjar and Loudoun County uh, Commonwealth's Attorney's Office is hereby removed and disqualified from further prosecution as counsel of record in this manner. Quote, the Commonwealth, uh, the Commonwealth's attorney's office deliberately misled the court and the public 
in an effort to, quote, sell the plea agreement for some reason that has yet to be explained, wrote Plowman, adding that Burton could have filed supplemental explanations, but to date has not. According to Plowman's order, the Commonwealth's Attorney's Office agreed to a six-month sentence and the low end of the sentencing guidelines was seven months. He goes on to write, once Fuquay County convicted, uh, once the Fuquay County con- conviction was factored, the lower end of the guidelines was one year and seven months. Plowman also recused himself from the case, quote, unless the parties agree otherwise. Valley is being represented by the law office of John Bonetta. Bonetta de- uh, declined to comment Saturday saying his office was in the process of discussing the order with their clients. Bonetti, uh, Babjar's former deputy, said he has never seen something like this in his 30-year legal career. Fox 5 reached out to Babjar's office Friday afternoon for comment and has received no response. Babaraj, what I guess that's his name, <laughs> I've been getting it wrong this entire time, has faced criticism in the past, including from her former employees, how she's handling cases and running her office. One former prosecutor speaking on the condition of anonymity um, because of the continued work in the legal field said they were pushed and bond, to bond people out in domestic violence cases and that Bupta pushes to let people out generally. According to the data from Loudoun County Circuit Court, Criminal indictments in the county have fallen dramatically, 67% since uh, Babarja was elected in 2019, and there were 681 indictments compared to 225 in 2021. So this Soros-backed <laughs> Commonwealth's attorney is now removed, and it just shows that these little fights, these little skirmishes have to happen on local levels in small pockets for us to move the needle. We're not going to be able to do this in a, in a sweeping one-shot deal on the federal level. This has to happen locally. It has to happen in your backyard. And it has to happen targeted with a very narrow scope. And we know Soros is not for, you know, supporting actual democracy. He wants direct democracy with a socialist uh, backing end. And that's why he released most of Syria into the, you know, into Europe. That's why he's helping to release most of the, you know, South America and, and Central America and Mexico into the United States with this new caravan that's coming up. That's why they have all the signs and, And they look like a giant protest coming in to circumvent our borders and to reject the sovereignty of America. He has to reshuffle the globe. And that's what he's doing. Because if you want to establish a world order, you just reshuffle the cultures in the globe and the population. And then borders mean nothing. But there is a pushback. And we're seeing wins. And we have to take those wins and be excited for them when we get them. Back in a moment. This is Adrian Slade. So we were talking about defeating the George Soros candidates. And now, after Chesa Bowden, uh, district attorney in San Francisco, got his ass handed to him, 
60% of the recall vote was to get him out. Um, Soros is now actively distancing himself from Chesa Bowden. <laughs> oh, man. From Town Hall, liberal megadonor George Soros is actively distancing himself from now <laughs> ousted progressive San Francisco District Attorney Chesa Bowden, who suffered a crushing defeat on June 7th in the recall election. Just a day after Bowden's landslide loss in his deep blue city, a Soros-funded PAC rushed to correct the record. In an email obtained by Town Hall, a representative for Justice and Public Safety PAC, the political action committee primarily funded by Soros, the message provided an outdated list of prosecutors with Soros spending ties that were uploaded in April 2021 by watchdog group Influence Watch. Quote, Mr. Bowden is not on that list, the email from the Soros-funded PAC representative emphasized. When asked to specify which of Bowden's campaigns the assertion referred to, the source told Town Hall both the 2019 general election and the 2022 recall. Huh. Unbelievable. So it's really interesting. There's a cool thread by uh, Mia Cattle um, talking about this. She said, just a day after Bowden's landslide loss in liberal San Francisco, a Soros-funded PAC rushed to correct the record. Mr. Soros has not directly or indirectly backed or supported or contributed to Mr. Bowden, the representative for Justice and Public Safety PAC told Town Hall. So the Soros representative went on a media blitz in the aftermath of Bowden's double-digit defeat. They contacted Free Beacon to reject its characterization of Bowden as a George Soros darling and alleged that it was, a, it was wrong to label them a Soros prosecutor. Quote, we disagree with any analysis that labels any prosecutor as a, quote, Soros prosecutor. Each candidate stands on their own, a Soros representative told Free Beacon, calling the claim a ridiculous contortion. While Soros is not named as a contributor on any official Bowden campaign filing, there is a money trail that leads back to the liberal uh, mega donor. Bowden's face on the Meet the Movement page of Soros-linked uh, fair and just prosecution, uh, which is just one example, and it, it oppo they oppose being tough on crime, which Bowden was not. That's why, hence the runoff. Bowden is the first profile feature on the website for the Soros-tied FJP's uh, new generation of prosecutors seeking to overhaul the criminal justice system into one that's fair, equitable, and compassionate for all. Bowden attended the FJP event in December and posed for a group photo with DAs that have received direct funding from Soros, including LA's George Gascon, Philadelphia's Larry Keshner, and Cook County's Kim Fox, who dropped charges against hate crime hoaxer Jesse Smollett. FJP is a quote, fiscally sponsored project of the Tide Center, an offshoot of the pass-through funding vehicle Tide's Foundation. Both of the Tide's entities count the Soros-founded Open Society grant-making groups as a major left-wing donor. $22.4 million to the Tide's between 2016 and 2020. <laughs> Unreal. In 2020, the Foundation to Promote Open Society, a Soros nonprofit, gave 50000 to the Tides Foundation to support all the prosecutors 
uh, and the Prosecutors Alliance of California. Bowden serves on the Alliance's Advisory Committee to provide the organization with, quote, strategic advice and guidance. <laughs> so Soros backpedaling on Chesa Bowden as Chesa Bowden was ripped out of his position and 60% of the people of San Francisco got rid of him. And that's saying something because, I mean, most of these recalls come down to just, you know, a handful of votes typically. Um, and in this situation, there was enough disgust for him that he was pulled out fairly quickly. Now, I want to get to another win and a win that's happening in West Virginia against the ESG green monster that is trying to implement its will upon the people. From Politico, Wall Street firm, well, multiple Wall Street firms, face West Virginia boycott over alleged fossil fuel bias. Huh. Six of the nation's biggest financial firms have been told that they will be denied access to state contracts in West Virginia as Republican leaders there continue their pushback on what they see as bias against the fossil fuel industry. BlackRock Inc., Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, the Goldman Sachs Group, and U.S. Bank Corp. are due to be placed on the West Virginia's restricted financial institution list in 45 days, according to letters sent to the companies by Friday or on Friday by State Treasurer Riley Moore, a Republican. Politico reviewed the letters following the public records request. Placement on the list would leave the firms ineligible to enter into or remain in banking contracts with the state. They have 30 days to respond with information showing they're not boycotting the fossil fuel industry. I mean, West Virginia is like fossil fuel hell. I mean, that's what they do. That's like their, that, that's their core competency. That's their lifeblood. Moore acted under a state law passed this spring that said is designed to push back against unfair discrimination against our coal, oil, and natural gas industries. See, that's the problem. We talked about this on the uh, episode I did about the individual, about corporations being individuals in their legal framework. They're forcing their will upon you. I mean, there's nothing illegal about oil or fossil fuels. So you as a company should be allowed to drill and look for those fossil fuels, refine those fossil fuels. Why do these, these financial institutions, why do they have the ability to go, well, we're just not going to lend to you? You know, that's part of the reason why we have the gas price issue that we have. That's why it's global. Because it's, it's a multi-pronged thing. Biden cutting off the supply in America is a big part of it for us. But overall, you have supply and demand. Supply in the United States now limited because of Obama's, I mean, uh, Biden's closure of the Keystone Pipeline, his denial of certain leases, um, his denial to allow drilling on national areas, you know, national lands. But then you also have the fact that energy companies are now looking at other areas, which is reducing the supply on their end. You also have these ESG scores impacting the price. So, yeah, even if Biden kept the Keystone Pipeline open, the price would be a little bit higher. Now, it's exorbitantly higher because he closed the pipeline and, and did away with the leases. But this is part of it. And so West Virginia is going, nah, we ain't having that. That's how we win this, okay, on the federalism level. 
<clears throat> West Virginia ranks number two in coal production, number five in natural gas production, number five in total energy production. The effort is part of a larger campaign being waged by red states to push back against ESG financing, with Republican leaders claiming that banks are choosing politics over sound lending pa- practices by reducing their funding of fossil fuel projects to appease activist investors. West Virginia became the first state to cut ties with the firm over ESG policy when Moore announced earlier this year that he was pulling out of the BlackRock Investment Fund. BlackRock manages $10 trillion in assets, while Moore's office oversees $8 billion in operating funds, only a fraction of what is invested in BlackRock. He doesn't control the state's pension fund, which invests with BlackRock. See, and that's funny how suddenly the left is all about corporations. They love them corporations now. <laughs> Used to be big business. Oh, they're the, you're, you're, you're for the man, right? They are the man now. <laughs> and we have another, another fight that we're winning on. Also from Politico, how the Supreme Court of the United States upcoming climate ruling could defang Washington. Amazing. The Supreme Court is expected to issue a ruling this month, hobbling the Biden administration's efforts to rein in greenhouse gases, but its impact could weaken Washington's power to oversee wide swaths of American life well beyond climate change. The upcoming decision on the Environmental Protection Agency's climate oversight offers the conservative justices an opportunity to undermine federal regulations on a host of issues from drug pricing to financial regulations to net neutrality. Listen to that. They say the conservative justices have an opportunity to undermine federal regulations. These are agency-led bureaucratic decisions that have nothing to do with legislation. You didn't vote for it. And yet they think that these bureaucracies should be able to just say, hey, we want you to take the jab at six years old, even though it might you know, kill you or destroy your heart for the rest of your life. We want you to... Um, allow the internet to be governed by us, the bureaucrats, so that we can manage the misinformation, the disinformation, right? Because that worked out so well, especially with FISA and, and, you know, the Patriot Act. I mean, they're spying on everyone. They're weaponizing the FISA courts against us. Critics of the EPA have clamored for the high court to do just that by declaring it unlawful for federal agencies to make major decisions without clear authorization from Congress. That's the point. That's consent of we, the people. That is the form of government. We send representatives, and now we send senators, to Washington to act on our behalf. Not some you know three-letter agency that no one voted for that was deemed by the executive branch to make the decisions for us. The Supreme Court and several Republican-appointed judges have invoked the same principle repeatedly during the past year to strike down the series of Biden administration responses to the coronavirus pandemic. Liberal legal scholars worry that the EPA case could yield an aggressive version of that thinking, unraveling much of the regulatory state as it has existed since the New Deal. That's the point. Get rid of the deep state. The deep state is the bureaucratic state. That has implications for other major rules that President Biden's agencies are writing or defending in court, including wetlands protections, limits on car and truck pollution, insurance coverage for birth control under Obamacare, and even Trump administration attempts to lower drug prices. 
quote, a narrow reading of the federal agency or what the federal agencies can do is going to literally handcuff the federal government from taking action to protect Americans' health and safety and in, in, in the environment, said Lawrence Gustin, a, pol- a public health law professor at Georgetown University. The immediate stakes in the EPA case are big enough to on their own. Two coal companies and a phallus of Republican-led states want the court to limit this agency's ability to regulate greenhouse gases from power plants, a major driver of global warming that threatens to worsen flooding, droughts, diseases, blah, blah, blah. All garbage. We don't need these three-letter agencies ruling over us. In fact, that's the point of Congress. But we're winning on multiple fronts. Soros' people are starting to be rejected. We've got three-letter three-letter bureaucratic agencies being de denutted. And then we've got states ev- evoking their powers as you know, as their their states' rights should be able to be exercised against these companies who are picking and choosing who they do business with based upon environmentalism. These are things that are wins for the for us, we the people. So we should take these wins in and push harder. We need to fortify our red states, and we need to push back on on all these dangerous uh, leftist ideologies being implemented through corporations and uh, government co-ops with these corporations. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rants Out Loud. Uh, I think it's also at Rants Out Loud or at Adrian Slade on Truth Social, Getter, Parlor. Uh, Cloud Hub, Gab, and then you can also call to be on the uh, on the program one nine two nine go go USA. That's one nine two nine go go USA. Donate to be a part of the show. Anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>